Welcome to Everything Under the Sun. This week, Everything Under the Sun is on a lovely holiday, and we're researching next week's episode about the oceans by swimming in the sea a lot. We are so happy because we won a bronze award at the British Podcast Awards for Best Family Podcast. So we thought it would be fun to share the entry we made for that awards, which has highlights of the first few months of the show. It's kind of a celebration for regular listeners of all the best bits and a taster of all the things you can listen to from the first few months. If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoy. Here you go. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly and each week I'll be answering questions sent in to me by children. If you're listening, what questions do you have? What would you like to find out? Now you have a place to go to find answers to all the things you would love to know. Just send your question in to me and I'll answer it for you. Sometimes I'll ask the help of an expert. We'll talk to people who work behind the scenes in museums. They're called curators. We'll also talk to zookeepers, writers, artists, astronauts and athletes. And many, many more people who know all kinds of curious things about the world we live in. Whatever your question, we're sure to find you an answer. from Ray. Here she is. My name is Ray. I'm eight years old and I live in Kent. My favourite things are slime, books and animals. My question is, why do we fart? Well, Ray, this is a great question. Every human being has bacteria in their gut, which helps our body to break down and digest the food we eat. As part of this process, sometimes the bacteria in our tummies makes gas as it's working, which has to come out of our body somehow, either as a burp or more often as a fart. Other farts come from swallowed air which we take in as we eat, especially if we're eating quickly. Some come out silently, others make a loud noise, which comes from the muscles in your bottom vibrating when the gas comes shooting out. A fart is made up of nitrogen, hydrogen, methane and carbon dioxide. The hydrogen and methane gases mean they can be set on fire if you light them, but I wouldn't try it yourself. In case you were wondering about whether other animals fart, lots of scientists contributed their research on Twitter with the hashtag, hashtag does it fart. These scientists have said that dogs do, as anyone who has a dog at home will know, snakes and millipedes do, and dinosaurs probably did. Birds, on the other hand, do not, but they could if they wanted to. Crabs and oysters don't fart, and neither do octopuses or sea anemones. Wood lice don't fart from their bottom, but they do excrete a waste product they don't need called ammonia through their bodies, doing a sort of kind of fart that can last an hour at a time. Some fish fart. Herrings are little saltwater fish and they fart to communicate with one another. This helps them keep together in a shoal, even when it's dark. It seems that all mammals fart, except for sloths. Sloths eat a lot of plants, so you'd expect them to, but they have very slow digestion and only poo about once every three weeks. So if they waited for three weeks to fart, they might be in danger of popping. The gas inside them instead gets reabsorbed back into their bloodstream, into their lungs, and they breathe it back out. Other than that, as far as we know, all other mammals fart. Chimpanzees fart more when they eat fruit rather than leaves, and eating figs makes them fart the most. Even mammals that live underwater, like whales, can fart. You can see bubbles coming out of their bottoms and rising up to the surface of the water when they do. If you want to know more about animals and their farting, all the material that turn up on Twitter with that hashtag and more has been put into a book 
called Does It Fart by Nick Caruso and Danny Rabayotti. I hope I pronounced that right. Now cows are getting into trouble for farting. They burp and fart around 100 to 200 kilograms of methane a year each, which is a big problem for global warming. Methane is a greenhouse gas that heats up our planet. Feeding cows garlic could be one way to reduce the amount of gas they make. But the best way to help is to eat less meat, or even no red meat, so that there are less cows farmed for meat and less cow farts heating up the planet. One way to stop yourself eating a hamburger, if you really like them, is to think how many cow farts filled the air to make your juicy burger. Yuck! Termites are also contributing to global warming in the same way. Each termite only farts about a microgram of methane gas a day, but each colony has millions of termites in it, so it all adds up to between 5 to 19% of global methane emissions a year. Did you know the word fart means speed in Danish? That explains why there are road signs in Denmark that say fart control. This sign means speed restriction area. If you get into a lift in Denmark, you might need to press the button that says I fart. That's because that sign means lift going up or down. Just in case you ever need to know, the Danish word for fart is prut. I hope that answers your question, Ray. Last week I asked you to send in your impressions of owls hooting. I got lots of lovely owls. These three are my favourite. Hi, my name is Heidi and I'm five years old. I live in Glasgow and here's my owl impression. Hello, I'm Alan. And this is my owl. Hi, my name is Martha and I'm eight years old and I live in Glasgow and I like lots of different animals. I'm going to do my best owl impression. I think Arlo deserves a huge well done for being so clever as to do an owl impression aged only one. But I do think one is a little bit small to go ice skating this year, so we'll wait for another year or two. So to announce the winners, they are... Heidi and Martha. Congratulations, Heidi and Martha. You've won tickets to go ice skating at the Natural History Museum in London. Have an amazing time and don't forget to send me a picture. Did you know that when you hear that twit-twoo sound of a tawny owl, it's most likely to be a pair of owls making the sound? The female going, toot? and the male calling out hoo-hoo. Finally, a group of owls is called a parliament because a group of them is supposedly wise. I think maybe owls are wiser than politicians. Next, we're venturing into the Batcave with Roberto. He's a curator of mammals at the Natural History Museum, and he's going to answer a question from Cammy. Hi, Cammy. Hi, I'm Cammy, and I'm nine years old, and I live in Bristol. I like netball, cats and nail varnish. Quick question, why are bats blind? To answer Camille's question, we have Roberto. Hi Camille, thank you for your very interesting question about vision in bats. But before I try to answer that, let me introduce myself. My name is Roberto and I work at the Natural History Museum in London. 
I am curator of mammals, which means that I look after the collections the museum has of animals such as whales, monkeys, rats, and many others, including bats. So going back to your question, are bats actually blind? The simple answer is not. All bats got beautiful eyes, and just like us, they use them to see the world around them. I guess you ask this question because of the popular phrase, blind as a bat. I don't know who came up with this phrase, but it is completely wrong and totally from B about Father Christmas and Mrs. Christmas. Over to B. Hi, I'm B and I'm five. I like cats and dogs. I'm here to ask, can Mrs. Christmas help Father Christmas to see our people naughty or not? Exclamation mark. To answer Bee's question, I'm handing over to Neil Gaiman. Hello Bee, I'm Neil Gaiman and I write books and make up stories and uh, do all sorts of things and I've been asked to answer your question and the answer is well yes she can and and yes she does um but the important thing to remember about Mrs Christmas is she's significantly more soft-hearted than Father Christmas. I mean, Father Christmas is busy. He has uh, giant toy factories to run. He has to organize a mad dash uh, during which every single batch of presents in the world get delivered in one night. Um, So he tends to take his attention off the actual naughty or niceness and does actually leave it to Mrs. Christmas. And she is the softy. Um, So the odds are that she's not actually really going to give you uh, the kind of terrible black marks that Father Christmas himself might give if you've been naughty. She'll probably go, well, he's been more nice than naughty, and uh, any naughtiness is obviously excusable because he is awesome. Um, So that's actually why Father Christmas doesn't wind up delivering coal to kids. And I like to think it's because she's a softie. Of course, the elves say that it's just because uh, Mrs. Christmas doesn't like having to do the incredible amount of cleanup involved um, when Father Christmas actually in the old days did have to haul lumps of coal around the world. There were millions and millions of lumps of coal. The the, deer, the reindeer were getting exhausted. Our Father Christmas would come back black with soot, all of his clothes. It would take her months to get them lovely and white and red again. And his beard, she likes it white. Um, That's what the elves say, but I don't believe it. I think she's a softie. So there you go, Bee. Thanks to Neil. Now you know why even if you've been a bit naughty, you'll probably get lovely presents from Father Christmas, because Mrs Christmas is a big softie. I hope that answers your question, B. Our next question comes from Tommy. It's also about Father Christmas. Over to Tommy. My name is Tommy. I'm five. I like building blocks. And my question is... Has an astronaut ever seen Father Christmas? 
Hi, Tommy. This is such a good question. And amazingly, the answer is yes. Ten days before Christmas, on December the 15th, 1965, long time ago, there were two spaceships out in space called Gemini 6 and Gemini 7. Their mission was to get close to one another in space, to perform what is called a space rendezvous. They managed to do it. Gemini 6 got close to Gemini 7, making the first ever man's space rendezvous. The astronauts inside Gemini 6 were heading back to Earth when they looked out of the window. And they saw something very magical. They called down to NASA, who were listening back on Earth, and this is what they said. Yeah, we have an object looks like a satellite going from north to south, probably in polar orbit. Looks like he might be going to re-enter soon. I see a command module and eight smaller modules in front. The pilot of the command module is wearing a red suit. What they were saying was out of the window of their spaceship, they could see Father Christmas with eight reindeer out in front, pulling his sleigh, flying through space. Maybe he was practicing for Christmas Eve in a few days' time, his busiest night of the year. Then the astronauts played jingle bells on a little harmonica and sleigh bells they had smuggled into the spaceship. Here's a clip of them playing jingle bells in space. That's jingle bells being played in space. It was the first song ever played by humans in space. The bells they used are on show at the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., America. And I'll post a picture of them on my Twitter, at Molly Oldfield, and my Instagram, at Molly Oldfield Writes, so you can see. I hope that answers your question, Tommy. Before I go, don't forget I have a new book coming out on the 7th of February called Natural Wonders of the World. Go and have a look for it in your local bookshop. It's filled with rainforests, coral reefs, the most electric place on earth, caves built by giants, amazing animals and beautiful birds. And I'd love to hear your questions about nature and the natural world to answer on the show. If you would like to be one of the first kids in the world to read the book, then I've got a competition for you. All you have to do is send in your best impression of a parrot squawking in the Amazon rainforest and send it into the show. The best parrot will get a copy of the book flying through the post to you and landing on your doorstep. Thank you. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to Marina for telling us all about how babies are made, to the Science Museum for the winning tickets, and to Alessandra, Sophia and Isaac for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Do send in your questions. There's info about how to do that on the show's website, www.everythingunderthesun.co.uk. And if you like the show, please do subscribe, tell your friends and review the show as it all really helps. Thank you and...